What is going on, one word people? Hey, my name is Nick, and Josh and I are so excited to be back with you guys for the One Word Podcast. And today we are on our second episode of Leadership Sessions. And these episodes are just an opportunity that we have had to sit down with Christian leaders from all over the country and just learn from them on what it means to be a Christian leader in the world today. Uh, And our heart and desire in giving these to you guys is that you would be able to learn from these people as well. So today in our second episode, we have Charlie Maloof joining us from South Carolina. He is the president of Broad River Retail, largest independent operator of Ashley Home Furniture Stores in the country. So he has a wealth of experience in the business world um, and also is someone that is just fired up for Jesus. So it's an honor to learn from him today and we hope that you guys take something away. There's also a little bit of added bonus content at the end, which we're super excited for you guys to be able to listen to. But hey, if you guys enjoy listening to this podcast, we encourage you to leave a review, give us a rating, share on social media, whatever it may be. But for now, let's jump in, see what Charlie has to say. So buckle up. Here we go. All right, one word listener. So we have Charlie Maloof on the podcast with us today. We are so excited to be continuing our leadership sessions. And Charlie Maloof is the president and CEO of Broad River Retail Company based out of the greater Charlotte area. And so, Charlie, thank you so much for joining us today. We are pumped to have you. Uh, And we know from talking with you that you have a lot of value to add to our listeners. So what's going on? Hey, Nick. Hey, Josh. How are you guys doing? It's a pleasure to be with you guys today. Thank you for having me. I'm super pumped to be, uh, I'm a newbie to this podcast thing, so (laughs) go easy here. But I'm super, super excited to be chatting with you guys today. Awesome, man. We're so excited to have you on. We appreciate your time and we're so pumped for our listeners and what we're going to gain from this. So do you mind kind of sharing with us uh, more about your role right now and how you ended up there? I was, um, um, I, so I knew a guy from Mississippi and we had always talked about, wouldn't it be cool? Kind of like you two guys, like, wouldn't it be cool to do something um, cool and neat? And by the way, um, my wife went to, is it Huntington University? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who, 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 what's the other one in Indiana? The, we went to the, Taylor. We went to Taylor, Taylor University. My wife's dad went to Taylor or mom. One, one, I think her, her, her late father or her mom, I think her late father went to uh, Taylor and she went to Huntington. She and her brother. Wow. And, yes. and I think, um, is there a basketball camp at Taylor that we were talking about? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That, yes. So, I remember um, us talking about that now. Yeah. Her, my nephew goes to that or has gone to that. They live in Columbus, Ohio now. So anyways, um, good people come from Indiana. Um, so, um, um, yeah, so we were in Mississippi. We always talked about what it would be cool. I had a small startup company, uh, D2 Interactive, and um, it was a web development shop and software development shop. And, um, you yeah, know, we had two offices, but we were pretty small and um, I, I grew it up to like 12 folks and, and bootstrapped it all the way. And um, but but he he went off to Vanderbilt, got his MBA degree and then um, got he, he got into this furniture business. He, he um, no investment bakers would hire him coming out of grad school. He didn't have enough experience. And so he was getting frustrated. And um, he went to a buddy of his whose uh, grandfather started Holiday Inn, Timmit Wilson, and who's uh, on his mom's side, on, on, on his mom's side, his grandfather started his Holiday Inn. And, and his dad had ascended to the head of Regions Bank. So he was doing pretty well. So they wanted to start a business together. And Jonathan, my, my the guy I knew, um, 
and these are two Christian guys. The, the, the guy I knew, um, his uncles were the Miskellis, Miskelly Furniture in Jackson. And um, he had sold furniture and, and they said, look, um, you ought to talk to Ashley. They're starting up this Ashley Home Store concept. We sell a lot of Ashley. They sold third-party goods. We, we'll, we'll make an introduction. We're not going to give you any money, but we'll da da da, da. So he, he was, a, they were young 20s and they convinced Ashley. Um, it's a cool story to give them the rights to Charlotte. Well, they made all the first kind of year mistakes and then they tried to grow it and they opened the second store. And then he kind of convinced me to sell everything I own, sell my house, pick up with my girlfriend and move to Charlotte. I said, I don't know anything about furniture. He said, well, you know about business. And uh, um, so anyways, and there's more to it there, but but quite honestly, um, I'd say I was raised Catholic growing up and then I got away from the church. I said, I can't figure this church thing out, this God thing out. So what I, I said, I'm going to, I can either focus on one or two girls or business. Um, I think I can have a little bit more success with business. So I'll focus on that. <laughs> so I just said, I'll figure this God thing out later. So, um, so then, you know, by my late twenties, my spiritual walk was really strengthening. And as I had come across a group of guys in Jackson and uh, one of the guys just really hit me, said, yeah, my wife and I've been praying for you. I was like, I've been praying for me. Wow. And um, it just meant a lot to me. And so I really came to Charlotte for a spiritual calling. Like I left everything. I, I sold my company. Like I just went to one guy who was a competitor. I said, Hey, I'm moving. You want to buy my company? And like, it was like that. I didn't like shop it. I didn't sell it the way that you should sell it. So I just sold my company and left and sold all my belongings and left everything I knew to left a career in an industry that I love to join uh, here. But, you know, if you ever read the book grit by Angela Duckworth, um, it's a great book, but it, um, you can develop a passion and a purpose um, you know, when you put the time into it and, and we evolve and, and, and kind of grow as, as people and mature, I guess, through our lives. And so, um, so that's kind of how I got, how I got into it just by him asking me and taking a leap of faith and uh, feeling spiritually led to, to come to the city. And, um, nice. So when you're driving down the interstate and you see those gigantic Ashley furniture stores, that's you, you're the guy that runs a bunch of them. Um, I love that you see them off the interstate and, uh, and recognize them. Um, and so, yeah, we would have some of those stores throughout the Carolinas and Georgia. Yep. Sweet, sweet. Um, okay, so what is your favorite thing about leading an organization and what is the most challenging? So twofold question for you. Hey, so my favorite thing about leading an organization is just the people that I get to work with. You know, I, I never had a desire to have um, this position be a destination. I really tried to be introspective about um how I was uniquely designed and gifted and, and how um, I could use those designs, talents, gifts, and experiences to, to serve and to give back. And so I love seeing people um, grow and develop and achieve their goals and dreams. And that's really important to me. So the favorite thing, you know, is just um, in our business is to lay out a path and a plan and to execute it, execute on it where um, the company prospers and our people prosper and they achieve like their best year spiritually, financially, health-wise. And they just get better and we and the culture becomes such that it's really iron sharpens iron. And so I really love that. And I love the creative process um, you know, about leading an, an organization where you're trying to think of strategy and vision and vision casting and the power that comes through that. That's yeah. awesome. That's so cool. Hey, one of the things that is really exciting for us at One Word to talk to you about is uh, your emphasis on One Word each year. You guys kind of have an annual theme, a rhythm, an annual mission that you guys will will cover each year with a different word. How did that get started with you guys? We went through 
many businesses go through trials and tribulations and um, and some don't make it through those and some do and that becomes really um, part of the, the the legend or the archives of that company is what you remember and when you fall through more tough times you remember that you got through them in the past and so we we you know, had difficult times in our startup year, but we got through those. We had difficult times and after the Great Recession, but we got through those. And then we were coming through another difficult time in uh, early 2015, where we had um, a lot of things happened uh, all at once. And um, after having the business for a dozen years or so and, and growing steadily over those dozen years, and uh, everything was seemingly uh, caving in. And we talked a lot about uh, this word grit during that year. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't start the year off by using the word grit as an annual theme, but we talked a lot about it. And, and then we got into 2016 and we things started to turn around and we started to believe uh, that we could could be great again, that we could be premier, that we could could um, be a great company. And and but we didn't even start 2016 with with this word belief, but we knew that beliefs preceded behaviors. I think we'd gone through when we looked at 2015 and said in the rearview mirror, grit really is what got us through that. And then belief or belief or believe believing that we could do it is really what kicked us off into 2016. So really we got intentional about that, looking in the rearview mirror and what got us through those tribulations, and then saying, you know what? this is work, let's be intentional about it going into 2017. And so really started in 2017 to come up with some theme to really encapsulate what that year was going to mean and be about for us. And I, and I can speak about the 2017 uh, uh, word of the year. I can go through, can I continue on this topic for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah so I'll give you more on this one since I cut short your first two answers and, and we can go back and answer this if you want. <laughs> I, I did not answer what was the most challenging about leaving an organization. Uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So um, in, in 2017, we really started to, um, so the conscious capitalism movement is one that's really inspired me and my business partners or my business partners and I. And I don't know, are you familiar with the conscious capitalism movement? I don't think so. So it, some of the elements from it. So look, look it up. It'll be great. Uh, Simon Sinek, Raj Sisodia. These are the guys who speak about it. And it's all about having a spirit of abundance. It's about mutual prosperity, the triple bottom line. You know, you're not just looking out for what's good for the company. You're looking what's good for your people and sharing that wealth and abundance and also what's good for your customers. And also, believe it or not, what's good for your vendors. In other words, like uh, that, that. And what's good for the the um, the climate, the world, the community. So it's looking out for all the stakeholders who come in contact with your business. It's is like being a business for good, and and or um, being mindful of your organizational wake or of your ripple effects. So through that lens, we really wanted to have a positive impact. And so just as a kind of a tail off of conscious capitalism and mutual prosperity and and wanting to lead the company in that way, we came up with this word impact. The funny thing about it is, or I guess the irony is, throughout the year 2017, so many interesting things happened, one of which we actually won the National Impact Award from Furniture uh -huh. for a company that was leading with community service and giving back and with uh, technology and innovation. So we thought that was pretty cool. And so we said, okay, we got to keep it going. And we had launched our company's vision statement. We had a mission and core values. We launched our company's vision statement in, in uh, August 20, 
17, uh, which was to be the premier Ashley Home Store operator. And so through that lens, we then you pulled that word premier out and that became our uh, word for 2018, all about being premier. So coming out of 2018 and launching our purpose statement, we pulled that word out and we, we came up with the word purpose as our word for 2019. And we wanted to really activate uh, our purpose statement for for a whole year or more. And we, we launched a purpose activation committee and um, we met weekly. We did readings. We went to events and conferences. We held a purpose summit called Purpose 828, inspired by Romans 828. And it was held on August 28th, just <laughs> Lord awesome. work sometimes. Wow. Um, and so um, uh, then as we were looking through uh, what we were really, our, what challenges were facing us. And by the way, there's a whole lot of pressure to pick one word for the year because you got to make sure you're not going to get tired of it. There's so many options for really good words that you could use. And it's got to have, it's got to be something you're not going to be tired of by February 1st, right? Right. It's got staying power and that you can really pull some content and, and it's got a lot of meat on the bone that you can, yeah, yeah, get a lot out of it over the course of a year. And um, and so we we knew that we're building a second campus. And so um, uh, with our second campus, we really wanted to cascade uh, culture and we wanted to uh, make sure that we, we um, were unified and had a single broad river way of doing things and uh, that we had, you know, systemization and processes in place. And so we really uh, came up with this idea of united for 2020, so we're talking about Broad River United, and uh, and then just the unity of, of you know one company, one team, and um, and so that's kind of our, our our theme for 2020. Man, that's awesome. That is, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it began with intentionality for like something. So you wanted to, like, I can see all these words: unify, purpose, premier, all sort of like feed off of each other. As you guys sat down as a leadership team and said, all right, we got to be intentional towards something. feels like the walls are caving in. So mm-hmm. let's like, let's actually move somewhere. So you've been doing things on purpose and then you actually chose purpose as one of your words. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, that's sweet. And we want to, we want to ask you just really quick how that has transformed the culture of your workplace. Having a purpose statement has or... Um, having either a purpose statement, but more towards the annual themes. So okay, like having yeah. a one word to rally around each year, how has that transformed your culture? You know, sometimes in business, we can really uh, do a good job of complicating things and, and, and making things way too complicated. And I, I know you've heard the KISS philosophy, keep it simple, stupid, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, this, I, you know, we're in furniture. It's not life or death. You know, we're not saving babies. <laughs> Although sometimes our customers want to make it life or death. And, and, and rightly so, it should it is really important, but um, but, but my, my point being that you know, so there's a beauty in keeping things simple, and 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 so what it really does is it allows us to block out all the noise, and just bring everyone across you know dozens of campuses, locations, and areas together and unified around a common theme or mentality or language or what we're just going to think about and talk about and why we do what we do. And so um, your focus is a finite resource. It's a, it's a precious, <laughs> precious metal these day and age. I mean, we're, we, we can do, um, we do, we have so many competing things for our focus, um, uh, you know, social media, attention grabbers, this, that, and the other. And so being able to kind of be still and be focused and have one unifying word that's got so much meat and breadth on it uh, can be a really powerful um, kind of, 
you know, when the world's going one way, it can go the other way. And so it can kind of be this upstream um, idea that kind of can, can, you can build a lot of um, good momentum with. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's sweet. That's cool to hear how it is uh, done that in a workplace. We're trying to, I guess, do that in the lives of people everywhere, but to see a concentrated place where one word has transformed the way that people think and act in the direction that they're going. That's sweet. That's mm-hmm. sweet. Charlie, you've shared a, a lot of things that you guys have done really well and uh, a lot of great decisions that you've made and great leadership. Um, if you'd be willing to share um, one thing, if you could go back and start over, what would be one thing that you would do over in your career? That's such a good question, right? And, and we try not to live with regrets or anything like that. Um, there, there are a few things. Um, I think it's really important to have really good mentors and mm-hmm. to um, – you know, sometimes when we're younger, we have all the answers and no one can tell us otherwise. And we, we want it our way. And, you know, I think if we can find good mentors in our, in our lives um, and get uh, different viewpoints and vantage points and be willing to be open to people speaking wisdom to us. Um, and like what that means is when someone tells you something that you don't want to hear, you don't go ask 10 people until you find the one who's going to tell you what you want to hear. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, and so, you know, I would probably, um, try to tell myself, don't be so anxious about where you're going. You'll get there, be more intentional about, um, enjoying the moment and the process. And if you knew that you were going to get to a certain destination, how would that change your, actions and beliefs in, in, in the moment, in the day, the people you come in contact with. And, um, and that if you knew that every day was a building block onto something else, um, how, how would that transform how you lived? And if, you know, there's a good practice that um, like, right. You know, if you're younger and you want to have really intentional living, write your obituary, write how you want to be, write how you want to be remembered. Like go through that process of writing some your own eulogy, and what you'll realize is that life is short. We don't have a lot of time, and and you'll really pare back for what's really important in life in terms of how you want to live and and who, the type of person you want to be. And it might help us avoid some of the the the, the dumb tax decisions that we have to pay. You know, for uh, that we all do, right? The stupid tax that we all have to pay for decisions that we wish that we could undo. So, you know, maybe uh, one would be, uh, you know, having more mentors speak, speak to me about uh, some of the key decisions and how to structure those decisions. And, and two would be to just have the confidence that, Hey, you'll get there. It's going to be okay, wherever you're trying to get, but enjoy the process. And then no day wasted, right? Just know Mm -hmm. that, um, know that um, every day matters because you are going to get to your ultimate destination. So use it wisely, build upon it. Um, so that would be just a, a little bit that would probably go, go through there. Jeez, man. I heard every single one of those. That is good stuff. And in it with some flames, some heat. I love it. I love it. Well, Hey, Charlie, thank you so much, man, for, uh, for taking the time to be with us today and to give us some wisdom and some insight into what it's like to be a Christian leader today. So we really appreciate it. Now I love what you guys are doing and anything. Thank you for the shirts. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm wearing my one word. I got the purpose shirt and the courage shirt. And uh, so if I'm going to the gym, I might be wearing the courage shirt. If I'm hanging around the house, might be the purpose shirt, you know, to, to know that I've got, uh, you know, the family's most important. But I, I'm loving my shirts. I love what you guys are about. And uh, thanks for doing this podcast. And, uh, man, you guys are, um, y'all are far ahead of where I was at, at, at your age. And, and I'm so excited about where you guys are and what you're doing. And just, uh, just 
just uh, be encouraged, man. Keep doing it. And uh, you guys are doing great things. And I uh, love it. Thanks, Thanks so much, Charlie. We appreciate it, man. I don't know why I started to tell you thanks that. Telling, no, thanks for telling us. Yeah, that. That's cool that's to hear. Sweet. We're kind of at, like, on a more personal level. Well, I guess both of us yeah, kind of at a crossroads yeah. of, like, man, this all this calling stuff is seems to me at least so confusing. And, mm-hmm. like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be or what I'm supposed to do. There's a whole lot of good things that I could be doing. And yeah. there's no right answer. Then what is the answer? And, like, feeling... Like I'm blessed where I'm at, but I don't necessarily want to stay where I'm at. So all of that is like at the forefront of our minds. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but, uh, that's, that stress and anxiety can, can, can weigh on you. I mean, I had a lot of anxiety about it. I remember, how old are you guys? I'm 23, 24. So 23 was my worst anxiety year. I was like, what am I doing with my life? Um, I, so I started my first company on my 25th birthday. Um, I was supposed to go to SMU to get my MBA degree a year prior. And I said, I haven't taken any risks. And um, so I just hung up my shingle, but it wasn't a real secure, circuitous path. You know, what you guys are doing that's really good is you're, 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 you're putting content out there. One, you're producing content. You've started something like this may not be the last thing that you do, but you've started something and you're going to gain experience. You're going to gain connections. Someone's going to hear, hear what you're doing and say, well, can you do this for us? And you just, like, there are no overnight successes. You just have to kind of work it every single day. And, and you know, it, it is, you know, I'm assuming, I don't know if you're married or not or have kids or not, but um, when you are younger, you usually can take more risks because you're not like considering your wife and your kids. And, and uh, so you, you, you just um, give yourself some slack. Like it doesn't all, it's not all going to happen all at once. And um, you're not going to be Mark Zuckerberg probably, or, or <laughs> uh, you know, but, but um, yeah, and it's not about that. It's not about like touching hundreds of millions of people a little bit. It's about touching fewer people, you know, more, more profoundly, you know, gosh, I wish I could be Billy Graham, but I'm not going to be Billy Graham. He's an amazing person when you, but, but, but you're uniquely gifted for something. And, uh, and so knowing that, knowing that your, your life has purpose and intentionality, just take positive steps every day. And, you know, um, what I don't do enough really well is just being being in prayer, being still and, and listening to the voice of God. And he'll make those connections. He'll make those divine connections. He'll, he'll you, you, We can usually see how they come together in the rearview mirror. We can usually see. Um, and that's that faith reassurance like, oh, yeah, he was. He was there all along. He was. He was. Um, you know, the, the poem footsteps. I'm sure you're familiar with footsteps. Uh, where were you when I needed you? I only saw one set of footsteps. No, you were there. I was there all along. I was carrying you. I mean, yeah. we, can, we can see, um, and I don't want to be, it's not like mystical, but we can see how the dots kind of connected, or we can see how God's active hand was working in our life earlier on. We just might not always be able to see it or experience it in the moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, like, if I could go back, like, I wish I could take stock of that more, more often when he was working, uh, you know, in that, um, but you guys, you're, you, things will continue to reveal themselves to you as you go, as you as you just kind of walk through what you feel like you should be doing. Um, we live in some really amazing times, right? I mean, the, the, it's, it's, and everything in life is a matter of perspective. Everything is a matter of perspective. And you have to guard it. Like, you can't be like this on your perspective. Ah, you know, but <laughs> the perspective will come under attack. I mean, there's spiritual warfare. So knowing that, you have to take an active incline position on guarding it. 
because it's at, at where you are at any given points of your life, it's going to come under attack. I mean, you know, there there is someone who doesn't want you to fulfill your destiny or see your destiny, and there is an evil one there. But you got to know that, um, you know, um, when you pray, you're praying to the God of the universe who can move mountains. And uh, you know, I love Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I love First uh, John four four. And there's um, so much great. Um, you just gotta like rest in that. Rest in knowing who's in charge and who's in charge of your life. And it's going to be a beautiful life as you as you go. Take care of yourself. Take care of your, you know, your your spirit and and and, and um, all. But all that stuff will, will and it's supposed to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. It's supposed. It's like who you're being developed to be as a as a as a godly man. It's supposed to. It's not. It's supposed to take time. It's supposed to be hard, right? That's part of it too. And uh, but you guys are doing great, man. Y'all are producing content, making connections across the globe, and impacting and inspiring people. And um, I'm sure you're going to get a lot of feedback from from people who are moved by what you're doing. And, and you'll every day will be something that you'll learn from. So sorry to ramble, but um, no, uh, you've so inspired much. me, and I love what y'all are doing, man. Thank you, and thanks for thanks. supporting us, man, and helping us out. We really yeah, appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, that wraps up our episode with Charlie. Uh, so cool to be able to hear from him about what it's like to be a leader and to rally an entire organization around one word um, as an annual theme for years and see how that just shifts and transforms the culture. It was also cool to get some bonus content from him about perspective, about a little bit of his story and his journey. Um, so we are so grateful that that you guys tuned in as well and we want to make sure that you guys are ready to choose it rep it and live it so make sure you visit www.onewordbrand.com you guys will find all that you need there and until next time have a good one